everyone, it's George Kuros, another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. I'm really glad you could join me today. Um, I usually try to get this podcast out on a Sunday, but I've been traveling a little bit and um, in, back in Edmonton, Alberta, and it's uh, a lot of snow on the ground, but hey, that's part of being Canadian. So um, it's not my favorite time of the year, but I do appreciate the snow, especially more as I kind of, you know, as I get older maybe get a little snow in, in the beard. Um, and I've, I've kind of taken a little bit of a social media break. Uh, I've not been tweeting as much, sharing very little about education, you know, and I'll share stuff here and there. Uh, I like to read quite a bit. And I guess when I say that I've taken a little bit of a social media break, I think I've kind of taken a break from sharing all the time in the sense that I'm still on social media, still reading, uh, trying to keep up with educator, you know, articles, things that people are, are sharing and, uh, writing about or posting online. Cause I always like this kind of take this time just to kind of sit back and I'm really thoughtful of how much I consume and, and what I do. And I think for me, I think this is a really important message that we have to have, not only for adults, but for our students as well. We, we've talked about this shift of moving um, school to, uh, you know, from consumption to creation. And I think that's really important, but I think that we have to understand that consumption is actually really important to creation. And uh, years ago, I, I talked about this idea of school versus learning. And I asked the question, like, how do you know, our students see school and how do they see learning and is there a connection between the two? And it's meant to be a conversational image when I share it. It's not meant to be like an either or, um, but it's meant to say like, where do we focus on? What is the end goal of school? And on one column, you can see there's a, there's the, the school talking about school is about consuming and learning is about creating. But the idea is that really we have to have this meaningful consumption to, to actually do meaningful creation. I think that's really important. And so every year I try to kind of just take some time to sit back and just read and think about this because I find sometimes that I, I kind of get lost in my own thoughts. If I'm just sharing too much, I'm not reading other stuff. And I, I also think about like, you know, what, what is some of the stuff that's, kind of stood the test of time. So like I reread books that, you know, are popular years ago. Like I like to read new stuff too, but I also always think about why is a book relevant that was written, for example, you know, in the 1930s, things like that. And, and what are the consistent messages? And, and one of my favorite books that I've talked about um, quite often is uh, by Dale Carnegie, it's how to win friends and influence people. And I think it was written in the 1930s. I don't know the exact date and maybe I'm off there too. But he talks about like how we connect with people. And I think, you know, especially in uh, educational leadership, any type of leadership, to be honest with you, I actually even think, you know, if you're still a teacher in the classroom, it's a really interesting book uh, to think about how we connect with people. And there's so many like really great quotes and one of my favorites is, is this one. So if you aspire to be a good conversationalist, be an attentive listener. To be interesting, be interested. Ask questions that other persons will enjoy answering. Encourage them to talk about themselves and their accomplishments. And I think about that a lot too. And, and I, 
I've had a really big focus probably the last 10 to 15 years on leadership and why it's so important. And I also think that when we talk about leadership, we don't talk about the importance of following. For example, um, a great leader in a school will know when to step aside to let other people take charge and they'll, they'll learn to learn from them. Right. And they'll put people in those positions. And that old adage is that, you know, great leaders don't develop great followers. They develop, you know, more great leaders. And I think it's the notion that when we know people have, um, you know, skills and gifts to contribute, even if we're the formal leader of an organization, it's really important to ensure that we put those, you know, people in the forefront and give them the opportunity to lead because not only does it make our organization better, it makes us better too. And this idea of being a good listener is something that I think about, but I also think about just being thoughtful of not only what I say, but um, you know, how often I talk and I know that sounds weird. And, and so I was, I was thinking about this. Uh, I was thinking about when I used to ref basketball and I'll tell you ref, you know, being a basketball referee for, I think it was probably like five to eight years or something like that. I learned a lot about uh, working with people. It, I, I actually ref basketball while I was an administrator. And it was interesting because you'd have people yelling at you, uh, you know, at the basketball court. And then you have that happening when you are, uh, you know, in school during the day too. So uh, it was easier to be yelled at while you're not running. So I, I felt like it just, you know, you, you deal with conflict on the fly. You have to be quick in how you deal with it. And I, I learned a lot. And I, I feel that my refing experience really helped me not only as an administrator, but as an educator as well. And I remember, and I was thinking about these two coaches and what we would do as referees, we would have little meetings before games and we talk about, you know, like, Hey, let's talk about these teams. Let's talk about these coaches. What are some things that we want to think about? And I remember two distinct coaches and it wasn't the same game, but just thinking about the difference. And, and one, um, used to basically yell at the refs nonstop. It was just all the time. And he would just yell and yell and yell and yell and yell and yell. And he wouldn't necessarily, you know, cross a line, but he'd push all game and he wouldn't say anything overly rude, but he would just, like I said, talk all of the time. And what I noticed is that you just ignored him. And the reason why you ignored him is because you just, he just was going off all day. If you listen to him, you would believe everything you did was wrong the entire game, which is not true. And I'm not saying that referees are infallible. Of course they are, you know, just like coaches, just like basketball players. But it was always about um, this person wanting you to do what was in the best benefit of his team, you know, his coaching, et cetera. And so I just, I remember that. I remember how easily it was to tune that person out who just yelled the entire time. And then I also remember another conversation we were having, uh, a pregame, talking with this coach. And this was a coach at the, at the college level. And uh, the higher levels you get up, you know, refing, uh, the more intense it becomes. And so you're always worried about, you know, a loud coach, you know, or who's going to yell at you as a referee the entire time. And I remember uh, my partner knew this coach. And he told me, he said, look, this, this coach doesn't say much. He doesn't really talk at all. He doesn't say anything. But if he does say something, listen, because 
he he's very thoughtful of when he interjects and if if he says something he probably has a point and i always think about that i always think about how you would never really hear from the coach but when you did there's something really valid there and i think about that in what i share i think about that how often i share maybe even as well and just kind of you know how sometimes we always say like the, you know, the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And I don't know if that's always true. And I don't know if that's right. I know that sometimes when um, we, we pick and choose when we speak, it's interesting that, you know, we might get more attention because we maybe or we, we, there's more thought into it. And I always just, I, I just think about that, you know, in education and, and, and why that matters. And I've been thinking a lot about, obviously, as everybody in the world, COVID, its impact on schools, um, what it's done. And there are a lot of conversations that happen and I've had, and you can see a lot of teachers have really, well, I shouldn't say a lot, I say like the majority have really stepped up to do amazing things, even in the hardest of times. And when I say amazing, I'm saying like, that's, that's relative. I mean, amazing for the situation, how hard it is, how they're connecting and how much I appreciate that. But what I've noticed is that some of the administrators I talk to will share little stories about, you know, I have this teacher who, you know, was so against technology forever. And, and now they, they're, they're all over it. They're, you know, they're doing it. And it's just such, it's amazing to actually watch. Think about that quite a bit because did we believe that teacher because they weren't doing what we thought they should be at a certain time? Did we believe they were bad? You know, and maybe they've been great the entire time, but maybe they never saw the relevance of using technology. But now obviously there's huge relevance because the, the teachers that I know that are really great, they always know the importance of connecting and building relationships. And when technology is your only option, you know, as schools are hybrid, remote, et cetera, then, then, you know, those great teachers will see the value and they'll see the connecting. And so the, the conversation I think that has to, you know, that I've been having with a lot of leaders is what, what happened during COVID that actually con- convinced somebody to try something different that we couldn't do before. And, and, and understanding that they saw the need for it, but how do we do this? Instead of thinking like, Hey, these people don't embrace this. You know, my staff doesn't embrace this. This teacher doesn't embrace this. It's always about looking inward and saying, how come I'm not being effective in getting them to see value. And that's a shift. In, and it's a humbling shift. I think for many, because the idea is that, you, you can't get people to change their ideas based on what you say, right? You can only create conditions where change is more likely to happen. And I've always talked about this idea of how do you move people from their point A to their point B? And ultimately, you have to think about what is their point A? You have to figure that out. You have to identify what that is. And really, that takes listening. And I wrote this blog years ago talking about the idea of you know, you have to convince me. When I used to write my blog posts and really think about my own leadership, I, I think I would put people in a situation where 
I would say things like, you know, if you're not doing this, you're gonna become irrelevant, right? And pressuring them and kind of the idea of that, like I know the way and if you're not seeing it, it's because you don't want to, uh, et cetera. But what I've started to, I, I guess, you know, what I've really come to embrace is that I know a lot of people who maybe don't embrace some of the things that I do have tremendous value. And they do incredible things, even though they don't do exactly the same things that I do. And I, I, I've been guilty of saying like, hey, if you're not on Twitter, you're irrelevant, kind of things like that. And really thinking about, yeah, that's, that's not, there's a lot of people connecting in so many different spaces. Why does it have to be this one? Or, you know, there's different thoughts when you think about all these things and just trying to learn from people. So when I talked about this idea of convincing me, I think it was about, instead of me trying to, push my ideas down your throat and, and maybe make you feel guilty for not sharing them, you know, my perspectives on, on teaching and learning, maybe I need to listen more. Maybe I need to kind of step back and think about that. And I think that, you know, going back to the idea of like followership as a leader, it's, there's an opportunity to learn. And, and I, I wrote this uh, in the blog and I said, so instead of you trying to convince them why change is necessary, why not give them a chance to assure you that standing still is crucial? If they are set on it, there must be some reasoning, so let them talk. I've been working on this lately and has made a difference in my own perspective and thinking. Listening is helpful to both parties. Maybe you are wrong and they have valid points. Perhaps you're on the right track, but you find some common ground that you can build on. Or maybe figure out that neither party is going to move and you don't spend your time spinning your wheels in the same spot. This is not about proving who is right and who is wrong, but finding places where we can work together to help improve education for all learners. And that idea is really, how do I listen? How do I find that point A? How do I find this? And maybe, maybe sometimes when we do that listening, you know, with sometimes, let's be honest, you know, Covey talks this, you know, seek first to, to understand before being understood. Sometimes when we have those, when we truly listen and hear what other people are saying, maybe we're giving an opportunity for us to maybe change our position that, hey, you know what, maybe the change that I'm talking about isn't that great. Maybe the change that I'm talking about isn't helpful. Maybe they're right in this situation and I need to grow. I need to think differently about what this looks like, as opposed to going in there with the intent to change someone's mind, to, you know, manipulate them to your ideas. And I think, you know, it's really important in education, obviously, to, to pro constantly progress, move forward and grow. But I think a lot of times we think that's what other people should do, not necessarily ourselves. And so I've been really thinking about this idea. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this and maybe some of the strategies that you have and some of the ways that you listen, you know, to understand, to hear. So I would love for you to share in the comment. We're going to be highlighting people's comments in the, in, in, in future YouTube videos. So I'd love to uh, hear from you as well, but I just want to share those thoughts with you. And uh, I, I hope that through kind of stepping back, listening, trying to understand that I've taken some of the things I've learned and maybe helped you out a little bit. But I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for all you do. Take care. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight song? What I do ain't make believe. People say I sit and try, but when it comes to being daylight,
it's just me, myself, and 